0: This is The Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, some pretty big news from the world of fast food promotions. The very well-known Tim Horton's Roll Up the Rim campaign is going to change. Now, it has been a staple for that chain for 30-plus years, which begs the question, has it just gotten too stale? Well, that's actually what the president of the company thinks, and they're now trying to figure out a way to modernize the contest for the digital age, as in they're thinking about using an app. And I'm thinking, well, how do you use an app for a Roll Up the Rim contest? Doesn't that take kind of the fun away from this? Well, why don't we ask the person who kind of came up with this idea back in the first place, back in the 1980s. Ron Boost is with us now. The former marketing director for Tim Hortons created the Roll Up the Rim campaign, author of the book, Tales from Under the Rim, The Marketing of Tim Hortons. Ron joins us now. Ron, thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Simi. It's good to talk to you.
0: What did you think when you heard the news that they they feel like it's not doing as well and they need to update Roll Up the Rim?
1: Well, I... I I'll go by the same thing that customers do, and take a look at the contest itself as it is today. Now I may be wrong, and I, I I've been to that, but it seems to me that the cups this year were produced very cheaply. <clears throat> that is, that the design work on it was rather poor. It was all just one color. There was no there were no pictures of the prizes at all. Just a cup with an arrow. Now I may be wrong, but that's what I, that's the way I remember it. That in itself diminishes the effect because who sits down to read a coffee cup? Nobody. But they do look at a picture of a car or of a TV or so a bicycle true. or wherever it is, and it increases more interest.
0: That is so true. Like We see that. We think, I want that. I want to win that with this cup.
1: Yep. You've got to also remember with advertising that if, if you can get maybe 30% of the customer's attention, you're doing really well. Nobody sits down to read an ad. Nobody, except yeah. me, of course, because I like advertising. Right. <laughs> but but what I'm getting at is, uh, you've got to really appeal to them. If you can get just enough interest to get them in the store, you've done a tremendous job.
0: Now, I also had an email from somebody who suggested that one of the part one of the problems with this campaign now as well is that you never hear who wins. You don't. It's just like these prizes go out into the ether, and you don't know. Did somebody win the car? Did somebody win a you bike? Can-
1: as far as I know, we used to do it anyway, you could contact the company and they'll send you a list of the winner's names.
0: But that's no good. You want to see somebody with that prize that you right? You can know that that prize was actually given out.
1: Well, again, I don't know what they're doing now, but when I was running it and you had a car winner at store X in, say, Lancaster, yeah. Ontario or whatever it was, you made a big hoopla out of it. The car would be delivered to that store. There'd be balloons, there'd be cake, everything. We'd give it all away. And we'd have invite people to come and see the winner of that prize. It was a very open contest.
0: Uh, now, Ron, let's go back in time here. Tell us, how did you come up with this idea? Who'd, how did you create Roll Up the Rim?
1: Well, you're going to be disappointed, I think, with the simplicity of it. Oh. But, <laughs> really, it, this is how it happened. Uh, I had a meeting with our sole cup supplier at that time, Lily Cup, to uh, discuss Christmas cup designs, which we were doing. Before I went into the meeting, one of the executives of the company said to me, said, uh, Ron, could you give some thought to some kind of a contest or something we could do to stimulate coffee sales in the summer? Because it's a hot beverage, and at those days, that's all we had. So I said, fine. Now, that was my introduction to what we should do with the contest. That was it. I was the sole person running the advertising. There was nobody else. I, my staff was me. That's it. When I wanted an answer, I put my hand up. <laughs> so... It was it was the only thing going on. When we had the meeting with the lily cup, um, at the end of the meeting, I said, uh, "Can you tell me something about how to manufacture how you manufacture these cups?" And they brought with them an uncut roll. That's uh, the rolls of uh, of cups are about six feet high. They're huge on these machines, but they bought me a chunk of it, and on it was was a picture of the upcoming cup. And they're stamped out like a uh, like stamp out a, a, a dress pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I saw. So I said to them, "Well, can you print anywhere on this paper?" And they sort of looked at me like I had one of the bricks drop off the load. And they said, "Yeah, we can, but uh, why would you do that? It's a waste of ink." And I said, "Well, that's that's just want to know what to do here." I said, "Can you print in this space at the bottom of the cup? This white space?" And uh, they said, uh, well, that's called a ledger line, which is used today. And it's the information there, the code, as to the type of cup, the size of cup, and the colors. So I said, well, what's this other white space at the top? Remember, I knew nothing about making cups at all, absolutely nothing. They said, well, that's the rim of the cup. And I said, well, if that's the rim of the cup, it doesn't look like a rim to me. And they said, no, you put it on a machine, and it rolls the rim down. Ah. I said, can you, can you print at that point? I said, yeah, but why would you do that? If you roll the rim down, you won't be able to see what's under it. you want to catch up with me? That's it. That's <laughs> I hate to tell you. It but seems that was, so that was, simple.
0: So did you take that back to your bosses and go, here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this and people are going to roll. it out. Did anybody ever say to you, nobody's going to roll up the rim?
1: No, I was quite autonomous. Um, advertising was an expense and a luxury to the company at that time. There was no agency or anything, so what I did do, which I was asked to do, was confront the store owners with it. So we had a store owner's meeting. I basically told them what I wanted to do, and would you accept it, and if you'd produce the product, the food product, coffee, donuts, muffins, and cookies, on a one-in-nine basis ratio, here's what it would cost you, which was about half a percent, one percent of the cost of the cups in a 1,000-cup case. I said, would you like to give it a try? And they said, sure, and away we went.
0: How successful then, was it at the beginning? I'm sorry? How successful was that at the beginning when you first started doing it?
1: Well, it's a good question because people didn't really trust contests at all in those days. Uh, the calls that I get on it were, um, you don't give away prizes, There's, there's you, you cheat, you lie, you know, everything. It's just awful the stuff you get because the reputation for contests was not good. When they started to say that, what we did was we... There are big pictures in the store, 11 by 14. It's bigger than that, I'm sorry. You you know the posters? Yeah. And I converted those posters and started printing the names on to the various winners. Not their address and phone numbers, just the name of, you know, Joan Smith or Simi from uh, B.C. or whatever. And uh, it got to be that we didn't have enough room. There were so many of them. By that time, people started to really believe that we were giving away real prizes. Uh, as I said, with the cars when we got into those, the first ones were Jeeps, and uh, we'd have a, a real, car, a real celebration. They'd come out, and we'd see people. We invited the, the various dealers eventually to park the cars out in front of the store so they could sell them from there. We did actually sell cars from the front of the store.
0: You're kidding me. <laughs>
1: No, no. The customers come by and say, I like that. They go back to the dealer and the dealer said, can I have my car back? I've sold it. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what it was all about. We worked very closely together with people like that.
0: This was an iconic promotion for so long. Where do you think it's gone wrong? Have people just gotten tired of these contests or does it need to be refreshed?
1: Well, as I said, uh, the first thing I do is is come back to the basics because I think the current owners have missed that completely. Uh, give it some pizzazz, for goodness sakes. Uh, show some color and life in the cups. The cups are the main vehicle. When we started, the success of this contest really was noticed because when people started to believe it, they began jumping over the counter to get at the cups. they dump out garbage pails out in the counter of the lot to be able to get the cups. Are and they you kidding me? Up. No, no, I'm, it's honest. I'm telling you the truth. One guy that won a truck once had a pickup. It was an old beat-up thing, and he'd drink the coffee and then throw it in the back of the truck. At the end of the season, he thought, I better clean the cup out. And he did, and one of the cups had a truck on earth, so he won it. So it. was all kinds of interesting stories.
0: I right, see. So those are the great stories, though, that kind of make people want to participate, but I feel like we haven't heard many of those stories. Like, the reputation of Tim Hortons has taken a bit of a battery in the last couple of years, wouldn't you say?
1: With a large sledgehammer.
0: What do you attribute that to?
1: Um, well, to be quite honest, when when we were we the collective group of us were working at the company, uh, the store owners were king and queen. They really counted. These people that sold everything they had, bought a store and a franchise, worked 14 hours a day to make it work. You listened to what they said. You listened to them because they were your fingers and toes. But today it's a shareholder, some guy that cuts a check and wants part of the business. But that's not the person that's making the money. the person that's making is the store owners. And they're your fingers and toes. You listen to them because they know what's going on with the customer base. They hear them. And that's how we, we, we worked it. We worked very closely with them on that. I think that had a lot to do with it.
0: So if you were to give them some advice on how to get back to where they were, what would you tell them?
1: I think they're trying to now. Uh, Give them full credit for that. I I don't know any of the people that run the company now, the Restaurant Brands International. But uh, they're trying to come back on that. But, you know, it's very difficult to get somebody back to a company. very, very, very hard. I think you'd understand that. It's much easier to keep a customer than it is to lose one. And also, there's an awful lot of competition now that wasn't when we were there. Um, we, we, we got things, we led the pack when we were doing it. That was the difference. We had to, because if we didn't, we'd go broke. We had to come up with ideas and thoughts and work, new store designs store locations, multiple stores, putting them on the highways. All these things counted so much. And, uh, we broke a lot of barriers that way. So that, that's the kind of thing that you need.
0: Uh, do you see some universal rules and kind of the things that you learn from marketing and advertising at Tim Hortons that can apply to any company out there?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I do in the presentations that I do. Um, I can't remember all the, the words of it because I'm not ready for that. But uh, it, it, it's a matter of if you. What, what did I say? If you uh, if you can if you can't do it, you know you shouldn't be in the business. If if you if you don't want to really put yourself into it, then why, why are you there? You either do it or you get out of the way and let somebody else do it. And as I said, we led the pack. And it's the same for any business, not, not just uh, Tim Hortons and donuts and coffee and sandwiches, but anyone. If you can't be first, be the best. That's really what it is.